For over 50 years, Star Trek has been a part of our lives. In its many variations, we have shared it with friends and family members. Our passion for the franchise has lived on through the years. This podcast is dedicated to those relationships and connections that we have made with Star Trek as the focus. As a father and son, the hosts will shed some light into the differences and similarities seen through the years of watching Star Trek. This is Generations, a Star Trek podcast. Hi, I'm Tim. I'm Doug Robertson, and we're the father and son hosts of Generations, an independent Star Trek podcast. We're both lifelong Star Trek fans. We want to thank you for downloading and listening. And if you enjoy what you hear, please subscribe. That way you'll never miss another episode of the podcast. We upload a new episode on the first and third Friday of every month. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just use Generations Trek, one word. If you have an interesting Star Trek story with someone that got you into Star Trek or you got someone else into Star Trek, it could be an aunt, an uncle, a college roommate, parent, sibling, teacher, anyone. We'd love to hear your story. Just drop us an email at generationstrek at gmail.com. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. And if you can please also rate and review us, that would be fantastic. Now, we have feedback from our Facebook page uh, from our uh, pilot episode, and it is from Terry McEwen, and I'd like to read what he wrote. Uh, Thanks for the ad. Been waiting for this podcast since I heard about it on Mission Log. Yeah, we got to plug it on Mission Log. That was a lot of fun. I'm in the middle of a generational Star Trek family. My dad introduced me to it at a very young age. My dad would come home from work, and we watched Star Trek reruns on TV over 30 years ago. My dad would usually fall asleep, and I would watch intently. And when he woke, I would recall the entire episode for him, not knowing that he'd seen them all in his younger days. He would sit and listen to me tell him how, with young eyes, viewed this fantastic show. Now, in 2019, I'm 44 years old with an 8-year-old daughter who loves all things Star Trek. She and I watched Star Trek. We started with TOS and have made it all the way through every episode. And the fast, fantastic part is we watch it in bed to fall asleep. So I leave her when we finally say, space, the final frontier bit together. And in the morning, she tells me the story. It's truly amazing hearing how she sees the episodes of the show I've watched countless times. She sees things with such a beautiful, unique view I love our conversations. No other show in history can do this. Sorry this has gone a bit long, but I want to show how much I wanted to hear your podcast as I'm living the very concept of this new podcast. Cannot wait to see how your show goes. Good luck. Live long and prosper. A happy father, son, and granddaughter. Wow, that was really cool feedback. I like that a lot. Yeah, in fact, I reached out to Terry this week, and we are going to have his father and his daughter on with him in a future podcast. Three generations. That'll be cool. That will be cool. Looking forward to that. Uh, Yeah. So (laughs) look for that in the coming, in the coming weeks. 
Uh, spoiler warning. The following contains spoilers from the entirety of Star Trek from the original series through and including Star Trek Discovery. If you do not wish to hear plot points and character development information, do not continue. You have been warned. Get V to the Netflix and get caught up or the CBS All Access. There you go. I like that. Well, today uh, we have on the podcast a brother and a sister. And no, it's not Michael and Spock. Uh, the sister, uh, many, many of your listeners will probably know, but why don't we just beam them in? Let's energize. Well, look who beamed into the Generations podcast. We have, well, why don't you just introduce yourself? Me first. I'll do sure. it. I'm, I'm uh, Paul Nelson. I'm uh, currently... Uh, in the United States Navy. Uh, I'm stationed here with my family in uh, Iwakuni, Japan. Wow, we're talking to somebody. Across. What time is it there? Right now it's 12.32 on Saturday. So I'm contacting you from the future. Uh, and no time crystals. No, without time Maybe crystals. some time crystals are involved. <laughs> oh, wait, now that voice. How many listeners know that voice? Who is that? Well, hey, guys, this is Amy Nelson. I, <laughs> I, well, I do a couple podcasts here and there, um, but good friends go. with Tim. I am a teacher. I teach math, and I am currently stationed, as my brother Paul would say, in Las Vegas. So you're local to STLV. Yes, I am. Everyone comes to visit me every year. <laughs> That's how I look at it. That's good. Well, I'm sure we'll talk more about that. Now, uh, who's older? I am. <laughs> You're older. So yes. did you get Paul into Star Trek or did he get you into Star Trek? It's actually neither. Uh, so just a little bit of background. Paul is my half-brother. We share the same father. Kind of like Michael and uh, Spock. Uh, yeah. Ooh. Well, no. No. <laughs> Michael, <laughs> We're blood related. Okay. All right. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I am older by eight years. And uh, for part of the time, I lived with my father and hence Paul. Um, and then I moved back to my mother's house. Um, but I think at that time, Paul was... I don't know. How old were you? Four or five? Boy, I can't remember. I know. Uh, it was a while, but I uh, I really got into Star Trek about was when I was about 10, 11 years old. Uh, I got involved with a, uh, a Star Trek fan club there in Utah. And uh, it just went off from there. Now, okay, how did you, how were you introduced to Star Trek? Yes, so, Paul, I, how were you introduced? So I was introduced to Star Trek by my mother. She, uh, I was very affiliated with, uh, I like space, space exploration. And uh, she had a cassette, good old VHS of uh, Star <laughs> Trek II. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, we watched it and I, I loved it. And I looked more into it. Uh, went to uh, Video Shark. I remember his video <laughs> shark there in uh, in Utah. It was kind of like a blockbuster, and uh, they had a whole uh, section dedicated to 
uh, Star Trek and Next Generation was kind of already going on. It was, I think it was their, their second or third season. It was like 89, 90. And uh, I got uh, involved with it and I just went from there and found another Star Trek club there in Salt Lake and joined. And uh, I we did all the conventions and uh, I dressed up and all that. And uh, You had your uniform handmade i did i had my uniform handmade and uh what uniform was it it was is red next generation red the uh where it zipped up in the back okay yeah right on and i've worn it once before yeah how did you find a club like add in a newspaper no i uh we went to go buy a new dog uh I still remember. We were to go buy a uh, the dog's Which dog. Name was, was it? It was Sprite. Oh, Sprite. Okay, this yeah. is new information to me. So this yeah. is very riveting. Yeah. <laughs> so we went to go buy a dog Sprite, and the family that uh, that owned the vehicle, uh, the vehicle owned the dog. Um, they were. I saw all the Star Trek memorabilia on her wall, and she was. 1920 and I was 12 13 and I uh she said yeah I'm involved with the Star Trek club uh, it was called the USS Kelly and uh yep yeah, and I uh I joined and I stayed with them all t- till about about high school high school kind of really made it really difficult because I was involved with cross country and track and uh their meetings were held like around five or six o'clock in the evening and I could never make them. So I, 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 I quit. I threw in the towel. Oh. <laughs> so, but I still uh, kept it. Uh, um, I still continue to watch and uh, still continue to be the fan. I still did uh, some conventions by myself. I met up with him there though, but that's how I got all my autographs and stuff like that. So like, oh, very cool. Now, Amy, what about you? What's, what's your, how do you, how were you introduced to Star Trek? Well, I just want to add to listeners, like, I remember, Paul, you went to a convention in Colorado and you had to have been, yeah, 10, 11, yeah. went by oh. himself, I mean, with his club, obviously, but no one with the family. And it's like, Paul's getting on an airplane. He's this young child. And going off to a convention, what, are my parents crazy? (laughs) I couldn't even believe it. Could not believe it. Oh, my goodness. It's true. Yeah. Just going off doing your Star Trek thing. I was like, what is this kid doing? Whatever. parents to me. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't get into Star Trek until way later. I was living with my mother and... She, it was on a Sunday night, this was when uh, Next Generation was on, and she was like, hey, Amy, you'd like this show. So I sat down, and I watched, and I did like it, and I started watching it, and then I figured, oh, Paul knows something about it, and we started talking uh, Next Gen, and then he was like, no, you got to see Captain Kirk and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, this Captain Kirk guy, because it's all about Captain Picard. <laughs> we had our differences right from the get-go. <laughs> we did. We did. 
Right. So do you have a favorite Star Trek memory? Like going when you're 10 years old to a convention sounds pretty cool, but do, do you have one that tops them all? So I, I, I really liked it. Uh, Armin Sherman came to Salt Lake and uh, I, when we went to go get autographs, um, he, uh, he kind of, joked at my about my uniform and everything and uh, that I was wearing and he said well where'd you get that and I said well I uh I had it handmade and he said oh well it doesn't beat my uniform you know which is and he just memorized my name uh and he just called me out well because I hate saying back then but I will but back then since he wore all the makeup no one recognized what he really looked like so he went through the convention uh with you know a normal clothes on and everything just ran around, looked at all the stuff and no one had any idea it was him. And, and he was the one that, uh, start poking up my uniform and everything. And so when I went to go sign, get the autograph, I realized it was him and he memorized, he knew my name. And I, I, I thought that was pretty cool. He called, kept calling me Paul. He called me out on the stage with all the other people and, oh, wow. uh, and everything like that. And, uh, it was, uh, it was a highlight. I, uh, that was, a. Uh, I liked it. So I continued to go and I met other people. That's very cool. That is cool. I wonder if they miss that kind of anonymity that be able to just go out when you're covered in makeup. Nobody knows who you are. Doug yeah, Jones. I, I know just it, to Doug Jones talk yeah. about that. He said he misses Yeah, Doug Jones. He's the best. Yeah. Uh, Amy, what about you? Well, there was a couple times, Paul, when did you come to STLV with me? Was that three years ago? Yeah, that was about three years ago. Yeah. So uh, STLV is during Paul's birthday. And so I got him a ticket and we went to the convention for the weekend. And I, well, one of my memories is when you met Admiral Necheyev, uh, Natalia. Oh, yes. We we are still in contact today. Really? Uh, really? Yes. So yeah. nice. Yes. And I was yeah. so impressed with Paul. He just walks up to people and talks and is casual. And I'm, I fangirl out. I get all nervous yes, and stuff. And I do. One of my moments is when I met Marina Sirtis and uh, I had a somewhat of a weird conversation with her. <laughs> But Paul goes up and talks to Natalia. How do you say her last name? Ah, uh, boy, I can't. Yeah. It's, it's it's Russian or something yeah. like that. Natalia. That's all I know her as. Yeah. Oh, you're on a first name basis, huh? <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are. That's very cool. Yeah, and uh, she is very involved with the uh, armed services. What is it with Paul? Do you remember? So it was the wounded warrior, but she. <laughs> On her table, she had all these, we call them, well, um, Tim, I know you're the challenge coins. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She had a lot of them, and I brought a couple of with me because I was going to, I, you know, just the same thing as the Chiefs all do. You give it to those who, uh, who you think are well-deserving. Mm-hmm. And so I went to the convention, and she had some. And I was like, holy cow, where did you get all these from? And she said that she uh, participates in. Wounded warrior projects, uh, veterans of America, a, a lot of them, just a lot of them. And uh, so I whipped out my coin that I, I had from my last command and I gave her the handshake as the chiefs usually do, you know, with the coin. 
And she came up and was very grateful and it was awesome. And we exchanged emails and we've been in contact still. Uh, she just likes to get uh, little updates here and there of the fleet, as that was what I call it. Uh-huh. And so I just get stuff from a, uh, just little cool little updates about uh, the ships that are most advanced. Uh-huh. The ones you can't uh, talk about. Yeah, the ones you can't you can't talk about exactly. So, uh, and just uh, I'm on a I'm on an aircraft carrier now. Well, I'm attached to a squadron, but the squadron is attached to a, an aircraft carrier, which is the uh, Ronald Reagan. And uh, so we, it's a Nimbus class, and mm-hmm. I just share with her uh, just standard statistics. And I, uh, yeah, I like it. It's a lot of fun. Very cool. Well, Amy, you brought that back to Paul. What about your <laughs> <laughs> your favorite? Yeah, well, tell us about when you met Marina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're dying to hear. Well, I... My very first time, it was just pure happenstance. All the TNG crew was sitting at the table, and there must have been something going on, but in the main theater, I didn't care. And so I was able to just walk right up, and there they all were, and I got some signatures. I I have um, some students that have uh, done some artist renditions of LaForge, Data, and Marina, And so uh, the first time I went uh, and I talked to Brent Spiner and LeVar Burton and had them sign those. And then I just in passing said hello to Marina and she was so nice and she talked, but I was just fangirling out. Then the second time I went, I had another uh, student artist renditioning of, of Deanna Troy. And so I took that with me so that she could sign it. But on the back, it had a a wonderful letter written to me by the student. And Marina, like, grabbed it. She's like, oh, this is so beautiful. And I said, yeah, student did this. And she turned it over. And she's like, well, do you mind if I read it? And so she read the whole thing. It was very long. And uh, and then she shared a story with me about one of her teachers that she remembers and how she appreciates, you know, all that teachers do and stuff. So... Uh, I still was fangirling out. I could hardly even contain myself, and I yes, just I was left. right behind you for that. Yes, you were, <laughs> and you you were my support. It's like you can do this, Amy. You can do this, and I still get yeah. I fangirl out. I can't control it. I'm just it's too much for me. So wait, your high school students know TNG, or they know that you know TNG, and they're really good at kissing up. They are really good at kissing up. <laughs> Yes. And I talk, you know, I bring Star Trek into it, you know, every chance I can. And they always come back with Star Wars is better. But then I say, well, did you want to fail this class? Because it can happen. (laughs) And then they change their minds. So it's it's a good thing. I have that same conversation with my fourth graders. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Well, your classroom is also decorated in Star Trek, right? Yes, mine. And it's getting larger and larger. And most of the stuff comes from the students around grade yep. time, isn't it? <laughs> well, no. <laughs> Usually it happens like after 
um, open house at the beginning of the year and we'll have open house. And then like usually within the next week, you know, my dad was in your classroom and he saw that you like Star Trek and he wants you to have this, you know? And so I just start collecting and that's how I got my huge collection. And Paul's a little jealous because it is so large. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> now, 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 Paul, Star Trek has a philosophy. What is that? When I say the Star Trek philosophy, what does that mean to you? Oh, so, so obviously on the ship, as as we uh, we have different type of views on how things need to be done, and and uh, people bring in Star Wars versus Star Trek all the time, and uh, I, so my philosophy of Star Trek is. It's not necessarily the good versus evil. It's there's good and evil in all whatever you do, and but it depends on on what you do about it. And so with Star Trek, what I like what I like about it is they work through their problem together, not just this is mm-hmm. one thing we're going to do this. And uh, so I use that quite a bit with uh, with my with my division. Uh, cause you always go through, uh, situations and problems and you try to get up together. And I, I use, uh, some episodes, there's been some episodes that I've used to, uh, kind of build up motivation within my division. And, now these uh, are TOS episodes. Uh, no. So I've used Voyager Okay. and, uh, and, uh, next generation I have and DS nine. I guess those three. I haven't used uh, Discover Enterprise or the original or any of the movies. Um, it's the ones like uh, the, the Lower Decks. Those okay. are the episodes that I like using because it's because uh, you have someone, as you know, there's someone that is works up here, but there's someone that's just down, down here. And so you have to find ways to motivate them because not everyone's going to be motivated by the 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 instruction right so you have to find ways to motivate them and that's what uh i have used those videos to uh help inspire i guess <laughs> very good very good amy star trek philosophy well i believe to me that the star trek philosophy is the hope for a better future. Like that's why I love TNG so much because it is the brightness. It is not only politically where we don't have to worry about wars. I mean, that is a worry, but you know, we are combining and coming together politically to create a safe environment, to explore the universe Um, And then also with the science, like we're exploring so much more and we're learning from the diversity because we have these alliances. And then the, also that hope for a better future of that we won't actually have to work. We can just explore ourselves. So exploring actually space, exploring ourselves, making ourselves better and having a safe environment to do so, that's what I feel the Star Trek philosophy is. And that comes about by getting diversity and the idic. And I listened to your first podcast and Doug, I'm, I'm with you all the way. It's that idic. That's the foundation of what it is because we need that diversity 
and we need to have it combined so that we can grow and, and be better. Yeah, I, I totally do. You, and this might be skipping ahead to another question, but it feels organic. Do you think about it when you're teaching then too? Like, is it just kind of built into your teaching? Yeah, there are, there are times like when, like in math class, when we use equations to predict the future and stuff like this. And so we do regression models and I won't bore you anymore with that. But, you know, when we talk about, well, the, what is, if time is on the X axis, you know, if we go out to infinity, is that really existing? And, you know, what's going to happen and can we go faster than the speed of light? And well, yes, we can. I say not yet because there's warp drive in Star Trek, you know, and they always laugh and stuff. But I, it's always sort of in the back of my mind and, and kids randomly will throw out a, a Trek phrase or something that they've heard me use. They don't really understand it all, but you know, it's always in the back of my mind. And I, you know, as I'm teaching and I'll remember something from an episode and I said, well, I know you guys haven't seen it, but this is used in Star Trek, you know? And so I always throw that in there as well. So you're both using Star Trek in your work. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Very good. Yeah. And I remember when Paul was telling me actually to that lower decks, when you said that Paul, like, and you're like, you know, being on the being on the Navy is not like what you see on Star Trek because we don't know what's going on. And then all of a sudden, red alert. And you're like, <laughs> what's going on? And, you know, sort of that lower decks showed it. And then I was able to relate more to what Paul was experiencing through Star Trek. Yeah. Oh, well, that's very cool. That's a nice connection. Um, so when you hear fans describe a show or describe episodes and they say things like this was Star Trek or this wasn't Star Trek, does that mean, and how does that bounce off your ears when somebody says this isn't Star Trek? What do you think about that, Paul? So honestly, Doug, I, uh, I have not come into me to, to really anyone that said this isn't Star Trek. This is all, uh, I've heard people You've been off the internet during discovery, haven't you? <laughs> Yeah. So like, I guess it's kind of from my, my own kids, my own daughter said that, uh, cause I showed her the original Star Trek, uh, one episode and, and she said this, it's completely different because she's comparing it to the 1966 version to the 2019 version. Mm-hmm. And the technology, as we know, just even with the movies and everything like that, and special effects are completely different. So, but like for the philosophy, for the, uh, the way you were, they're mentioning it, it's, uh, I really haven't anyone said this isn't Star Trek. It's just uh, the movie, when the movies first came out uh, or the J.J. Abrams versions, uh, some friends of mine that were dedicated with Star Trek, uh, they were a little worried about it because they, you know, the Enterprise is a little bit different. The timeline's been shifted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just, that's the, the blessing of uh fiction uh it it continues to go and they will always come up with something new and uh it hasn't been a real big barrier i guess with me (laughs) so does does it need to have something in order for you to think this is star trek does it need something specific yeah it does it needs to have the federation it needs to have their views it needs to have uh, an organization 
and it needs to be someone that uh, accepts uh, someone, but also has a standard that needs to uphold. Uh, that's, I guess that's my view of what I believe the Federation and the Starfleet stand for. Uh, I know that Starfleet, you know, is always, uh, we're, we, want, we want people to, uh, to join, but also we have a standard to uphold. And if you don't hold those standards, then, you know, mm-hmm. off you go. Uh, so that's any Star Trek could, uh, kind of do that. Like discovery. I'm not going to lie. I was a little weary about it first because they, uh, they keep on wanting to go back, uh, like the enterprise, like uh Star Trek enterprise and go, what did the Federation first look like? And now mm-hmm. it's like 10 years before Kirk. And, uh, I really thought it might've been, uh, enterprise B or C. They want to create something because that's something that hasn't been explored before, but I am actually because of the, writers and producers discovery is is awesome i'm a big fan of it yeah now saying that you want to see the federation how do you feel about the upcoming section 31 show oh, section 31 so they are uh boy see they're mentioned in ds9 quite a bit uh they just uh i'm pretty sure I, that's the same one isn't it yeah yeah, they're the same ones. It's just uh, they're like the secretive, secretive of everything, and I don't really. Uh, I'm as of right now, I'm not a big fan of them. It's just they. It, I understand why they have them, but I it just it contradicts mm-hmm. from what the main the main goal of Federation of the Starfleet is, and it's just you see that in today's world too. That's why I like it. Yeah, you have someone that's. Uh, they're with the uh, organization, but they're not with the organization. But they wear the the same uniform, somewhat. Somewhat. Yeah. Amy, what about you? Um, this is Star Trek. This isn't Star Trek. Like, what does that mean when you hear it? You know, I've just, I just decide whoever owns Star Trek, and if they're making Star Trek, that's Star Trek. I keep it simple, you know, I'm not going to worry about, is this really Star Trek? Because they're the owners, they're creating it. Therefore it's Star Trek. And if anyone says otherwise, then I'm like, whatever, it just bounces off with me. I don't engage people like that because I don't feel that they're actually open to a discussion so I sort of, I guess you could say, judge them a little more harshly because they're just going to say this isn't Star Trek. Well, okay, fine. Then I'm not going to even talk to you because I don't, they're, what am I going to say? You know, why would I have a discussion if you don't agree that this is Star Trek? So that's hard. Yeah. One of the podcasts you do is postcards from the yes. air. And you, that is reading the feedback from each and every discovery episode. And you've, I've, I've heard every one of them and I've been on a couple with you and you read the positive and the negative. And I've heard people say, it's not my star Trek. Yeah. And usually they will, you know, with postcards and over on Trek FM and the Babel conference, like they will justify and they will give their evidence and their support like I can have a conversation with someone, you know, when they do that, when they're open, you know, but just, and I've see it on the internet outside, 
you know, on just regular forums that it's like, this isn't my Star Trek and it's terrible and blah, blah, blah. And they complain about everything. And it's like, well, that's your opinion. Uh, so you can't say that you're right and I'm wrong. Well, I am right. Okay. Then why even, you know, bother? Yeah. Uh, so, next qu- go ahead. I, I, no, I just want to follow up because I'm kind of interested because I think I said something along the same lines of if Paramount or whoever is making it, then it's Star Trek. What about fanfic? Like, is fanfic Star Trek or does it need to be a specific thing to be Star Trek? Yeah. Hmm. Um, I've, I don't see a lot of fanfic and I know Tim has introduced me to Star Trek online and I've seen the one episode and then Star I, Trek continues. Oh, Star Trek continues. Sorry. Uh, and it was good. And I think it just sort of falls under that line of like, I've read a lot of books and they're great and they enrich and I love reading them. But I'm I'm not going to say, well, this happened, for example, for Deanna Troy and Imzadi, because I just read that book recently. <laughs> and so, but it's enriched my, you know, understanding, but I'm not saying that that is Star Trek. You know, we can't say canon. And yes, I'll throw out the canon. Oh, you said the C word. You're the first person on this podcast to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Now, the, the next question we have listed here is, what made you decide to share, share Star Trek with this person? Well, you both came into it on your own, right? Yes. So Yeah, you, yeah we did. Had, okay, like, Paul, you said you've shared it with your daughter? So I share it with, well, obviously, so I'm happily married, my wife, Brianna, and she is aware of Star Trek, but, like, when you get involved with a marriage, you... Uh, you're, you're like the Borg. You get assimilated. <laughs> so, so you get all assimilated. And there's things that, uh, you know, that I've never done before, but I do because of her. And mm-hmm. likewise, she does with me. And so we watch, you know, I introduced her to a Voyager. We've watched quite a bit of Voyager and DS9. So whenever it's on, she'll watch it with me just because she's with me. Because you know? she's a good woman. She's the good woman, yes. And uh, my uh, my kids, I I'm obviously open to whatever they want. I'm not uh, holding back anything. But uh, my daughter Sydney, she she watches. Usually, when the kids go down, there's not nothing much. Brianna will watch her shows, and I'll watch my shows, and I'll usually uh, pick an episode of whatever the series would be. And my daughter is a night owl. She just doesn't go to sleep, and uh, she'll come down and. She likes Voyager. She likes Janeway as her favorite mm-hmm. in Seven of Nine, and because uh, uh, she's she's a, a girl, she likes the women in charge and everything. So she really likes them a lot, and uh, so uh, yeah, and she loves Michael Burnham. We're excited. We watched it all last night as a family mm-hmm. because uh, that's just uh, our tradition. Uh, I know it comes out on Thursday night, but we watch it Friday night because uh, it's more convenient for us. <laughs> so. But uh, it's awesome. So, yeah, I, none of my kids like it. I've tried to show them in some of the other 80s version, like Airwolf and Knight Rider, and mm. they can't get into any of it. <laughs> now, Amy, have you shared it with other people besides your students where they're, they're a captive audience? <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I had a roommate in college. Uh, her name was Heidi. And uh, one of my favorite memories with Star Trek was when TNG came out on DVDs. And this had to have been early 2000s. And so it's all wrapped up together. Like I bought my first home. I started teaching. So I was in my career, finished with university, and I had my very own home. And in the basement was my TV room. And I had this wonderful squishy chair that I would sit on with the ottoman. And I would have my wonderful, beautiful uh, kitty cat. She She was a huge lap cat and she just would always, I would sit down on my chair and she would just jump right up and sit in my lap. And then I would watch these DVDs that came out. And I remember going to Best Buy to buy them because I just couldn't wait. And I just had to force myself to only watch one, okay, who am I kidding? Three, four <laughs> episodes a night. And I was just going through them so fast. And then I had to wait months before the next season came out. Paul, do you remember when that was? That was like 2001 when the DVDs came out. Did you ever get the DVDs or was that just me? It was, I got, uh, so I got the uh, original ones. I remember yeah. the original ones brand new. And then you got Next Generation. Yeah. And then you and I both said, so if you got Next Generation, I'll get Voyager. So I got Voyager. And then all was left was uh, DS9. And you got four through seven. Yeah. And uh, exactly. Yeah. And so I now with today's technology and everything at Amazon Prime, we have them all in there. So yeah. we purchased, we purchased. I love it. I love the technology today, but I still have the DVDs. Yes. Yeah. So anyways, I just, I remember that and just the whole feeling of like my first you know, my career, my first home, and watching Star Trek with my kitty cat. And, oh, anyway, so to answer your story, <laughs> yes, I was sharing it with my roommate, Heidi, and she was all in on it, too. And she's like, don't watch an episode without me. And I was like, okay, but we got to stay up because I got to see one more. So I remember watching because best of both worlds. Mm -hmm. And then I had to wait first season four to come out. And I was like, Oh my gosh, even though I knew what had happened, but you know, I had to re experience the wait before seeing best of both worlds part two. Wow. <laughs> so we, we've kind of already talked about this, but our other family members and in, into star Trek, you've talked about Paul, you've talked about uh, your wife is kind of into it and your kids um, and your mom, I think. So is there anybody else in your family that, that you share it with too? Is Jan really into it? No. It's, no. I mean, she's, she's original. That was it. Uh, my wife. I like her. Because of me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My wife, just because of me. I mean, obviously, if I wasn't in the picture, she would never have gotten into it. Uh, Amy, as we but, already know. Kobe. Uh, Kobe is our brother. He's a closet Trekkie. He'll, he will not admit it up to, uh, in your face, but he is, he's a diehard fan. Oh, he watches it with me. Well, he, when he lived with me, 
we would always watch Star Trek and I would see him watching it on his own. I'm like, what are you doing? Or, you know, he'll throw in a movie or turn on a movie or something. And yeah, yeah he's so a diehard Colby, fan. Yeah. And he watched the first season of Discovery with me and really enjoyed it. And we always looked forward to that. That's when it was on Sunday night. Um, but he's since moved out. And so I don't think that he's actually seen season two, Paul. I'll, I'll get on that. Yeah. So my mother is a Star Trek fan and she loves TNG. And <laughs> I, I sent her up. Uh, I got the original series on Blu-ray and I sent her with the DVDs and she couldn't get through them. She's like, I can't. I've tried, Amy. I can't. I said, listen, I get it. Don't even worry. But she has rewatched uh, TNG with my DVDs, um, and she just she loves it. Um, she didn't get into DS9. She watched a few of Voyager, and then I think she's seen all of Enterprise, and I think that she liked that as well. But you know, Jonathan Archer, uh, what's his name? Craig uh, Bac- Scott Bakula. Bakula. Yeah, yeah, yeah Scott she Bakula. knew Scott Bakula, so I think there was that connection there that she was able, but no, my mother likes uh, the next gen. And so we can always talk about that. But as far as other family members, I don't, I think I have one cousin on my mother's side that's into Star Trek. Um, but he's hasn't reached out to me. I've told him that I do podcasts, but no. what about guys under your command? You said they're under your command, I think, right, Paul? Yeah. Uh, I have, because um, you said you show episodes sometimes. Are there guys that are like, "Yes, I love this one" or anything like that? So yeah, my last, my last command, yeah, I, uh, I had one guys where I used the uh, in my division. Uh, I used so I was a recruiter, <laughs> yeah. recruiter for the Navy, and uh, uh, we they asked uh, some of the uh, students. So when I go to I go to high schools and I try to recruit and they asked us if there was anything uh, as close to a movie what uh, the Navy would be what would it be and I said it would be Star Trek it would be Starfleet uh, it's as close as you're going to get in today's uh, technological age and uh, so we use Star Trek to uh, for Navy recruiting <laughs> so well, they use naval terminology in the in the show constantly. Exactly, and so when I was uh, when I was looking to the United States military, I obviously looked into all of them. My heart was always with the Navy, but I looked into all of them, and then I went with the Navy. And for a rake advancement, they asked me to uh, do a physical training test and also to do a, a, a multiplication, not multiplication, a multiple choice exam for like fifty questions, and it was just basic military knowledge. And if it wasn't for Star Trek, I wouldn't have made the rank advancement. Oh, wow. Everything you learned, you learned on Star Trek, huh? It's true. <laughs> it's true. So, is that, uh, sh- is that oh, really yeah. true? Star Trek is like the most, the best analog for the real military? Is, is that what you're saying? For the Navy. I'll the say Navy? that for the Navy. Yeah. Huh. Uh, the army and army and uh, air force are going to say no, <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, for, for the Navy, yes, Bill, everything. Uh, well, so 
I, I, Amy and I talked about this. Uh, so when I growing up, uh, I've always considered the Navy to be, I was Star Trek to be based off of the Navy mm-hmm. ships, the admirals, mm-hmm. the ranks, everything's the same. Right. And, uh, so when someone told me, Oh no, it's based off the coast guard. <laughs> and I went, what? <laughs> and they said, I said, well, hold on here. Who is older, the coast guard or the Navy? And they said, well, it's probably the Coast Guard. Shipmate, no. It's Coast Guard, Salber 1790, and uh, United States Navy, uh, 1775. So there you go. So the Navy's based off the United States Navy, according to Paul David Nelson. <laughs> so, so uh, but uh, uh, in my opinion, yes, Doug, to your question, yes, I think the Navy and the, uh, it's, it's, it's obviously the same style, uh, chain of command. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a you have a job to do. It it is, yeah. Because the the ships in both have personalities, and the people yes. that serve on them are dedicated to those ships. So that's you know it's it's yeah I see it that way as well. It that's is because uh, Gene was Air Force, so that's interesting that that they went Navy anyway. I guess it makes sense because of ships, but still, yeah. Hmm. Uh, it is just. Uh, there's a lot of things at the Naval Academy. Don't give up the ship and, and everything, everything you're, it's just like the, uh, Star Trek episode, uh, where data loses memory and everything. And, uh, Deanna Troy trying to go up for a ranking mess of a commander. That same training is, was at the, uh, at one of the training courses that I had to do. Your first duty is to the ship. If you, if you, she does quote that in there with Riker. Well, Riker told that to Deanna Troy. Uh, your first duty is to the ship, and that is what we're told at uh, indoctrination in the Navy. Your duty is to the ship, so that's why you get get qualified to work on the ship and the aircraft to help it when things go wrong. Hmm. Now, Amy, how's how Star Trek affected your relationship with your brother? Well, it's been awesome because we are the two Trekkies. And we can always go off in a corner and talk Trek for hours. Like usually when we get together with family vacations, you know, Paul and I will end up somewhere on the couch or somewhere, just the two of us talking about the news that's going on or what's new or, you know, something like that. I think it's given us a really good vocabulary that we can share and sort of inside jokes. Um, Paul, we love talking Star Trek and Star Trek philosophy. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Now, do you listen to Amy's podcast? No. I there's, I, there's so I've many. Got a couple. I don't know if you have that much time. No, he doesn't. Your honor. I've done a couple. That's, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I'll throw him under the bus. My <laughs> own brother doesn't even listen to my podcast. Who it's cares if there's three a week? <laughs> it's not a bus. It's a it's a train. <laughs> <laughs> next question. So, <laughs> next question. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. One thing, okay, before moving on, but one thing I remember, uh, Paul talking about sharing when Paul first joined the Navy. I don't know if you made people, 
but everyone called him Admiral Nelson. <laughs> that's <laughs> it's, yes. His Star Trek. <laughs> Wasn't that Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea? I think that might have been Admiral Nelson. Wasn't that? Admiral the Horatio Nelson? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Yeah. So when you when you think about Star Trek and, and its involvement of, in your life, can you think of anything that like you wouldn't be doing now if you didn't have Star Trek in, in some way that it has fundamentally changed something about your life? Uh, with me, I uh, so. Because of the Navy is why I, I continue. So I like to see how Star Trek Star Trek's evolved as well as, as the Navy has evolved. Uh, obviously, it's two different things. It is, and uh, but I, uh, I mean, it's just part of life. It just keeps on going, and uh, I would still be a, a huge fan regardless, in or outside the Navy. Okay, how about you, Amy? Well. I know that I wouldn't be podcasting like that has been a major change in my life. The past three years, I Tim, I can't believe it's been three years. No, it's crazy. Well, and yeah. you, you said Paul was with you three years ago at STLV. We were. Yeah. That's when we, did we meet him? Did Doug and I meet him then? I don't Paul, Do you remember? Uh, so I, I did, I was, I was out there. Um, do you remember meeting I, Tim and Doug? I do remember I seeing Tim. So. Doug, okay. I, say it, I say I missed, I met Doug. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, boy, so it, I did meet a lot of people. Yeah. Um, that, uh, at that convention and Amy introduced me to a lot of her friends. Uh, she has a lot more there now. Oh yeah. Cause we went to the uh, Trek FM, or was that just me? I can't remember. That was just you. I okay. uh, So I couldn't stay. That's right. For the whole, I stayed for three days. It wasn't, no, I stayed for two days. Two days, okay. and it was four days, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's four days. So I had to go back up for, for work. But, uh, okay. Sorry. Amy, do you podcast at school? Do you, do you do it with your kids? Have you ever thought about starting a club or anything? They have asked me and I said I would help them. They've wanted to do a podcast like, cause my school that I'm at, they have different programs where in different extracurricular clubs, they wanted to do one with a running with a running club. Okay. Um, they wanted to do one in the digital media video production one And most of the teachers know that I podcast. And so I've had students come and ask me if I would help them or if I would give them tips or pointers. And I said, yes, I would absolutely love to. And then I never hear from them again. So I haven't. Some kids have actually (laughs) said that they've subscribed and now they follow me on Twitter. Oh, Um, my. So that's been interesting and new this year. Um, and, and they will, 
oh, Miss Nelson, I listened to one of your podcasts, but it's only been like one, you know, they, mm-hmm. they can't continue because they don't have the fandom, which I totally get. Right. That's next level brown nosing, though. That's 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 it a is. step above fan art. That's impressive. <laughs> I like it. Then they got to leave a comment and <laughs> on on your then like you give me five stars on iTunes, you get an A. <laughs> There's moving a, on. I like that. What grade do you want? <laughs> that's funny. All right, Paul, you ready for the tough question? Sure, sure. Who's your captain? Oh boy, so. I am forget uh, Amy's here. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll, so, uh, I'm captain Kirk, uh, captain Kirk. Uh, my favorite ship is the enterprise a enterprise a the uh, refit, the refit. Okay. From the, uh, yeah, actually, the yeah, the enterprise a has been, that has always been my favorite. Uh, and I'll be honest, uh, Janeway is close to captain Kirk. Uh, very, yeah. very close. Yeah. Now, what's it? What is it about Kirk that puts him above? Yes. What um, is it? What is about Kirk above? Watch it, Amy. Um, this is my podcast. <laughs> so, so with Kirk, I like how boy he just tries to. Uh, he's like a detective, in my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, and but. Instead of calling for backup, he'll he'll try to handle it himself. And what I'm saying by that, I'm saying like as the the enterprise will handle it by itself without calling for help. And uh, of course, you know those are episodes that he does call for help, but there's sometimes you just you just can't do it. And he makes it just he makes decisions, uh, what I call executive decisions, with his not necessarily by himself, but he has his uh, you know his Spock and. McCoy and uh, mm-hmm. everyone else, but uh, he makes uh, some pretty good decisions, in my opinion, the way he is. Uh, and obviously, it is just not because it's Captain Kirk; it's because of uh, William Shatner. Mm-hmm. I've I've followed him through a lot of his career, and I, I am I'm just loyal. What could I say? I I hear you. I'm 100 percent with it. Amy, <laughs> do I even need to ask you this question? <laughs> Well, Troy I doesn't think... count. She wasn't really the captain. She was did, like but, but does she, she did fly it into a planet. She and saved the all the lives on the and Enterprise the, D. And, and the scimitar. She took it right into the scimitar. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it is interesting to ask this question, especially at the time of this recording. We are one week away from the season two finale of mm-hmm. Discovery. And seeing Captain Pike and the amazing writing that they have done with his character and all that Pike stands for, man, he, there was a couple times where I'm like, okay, Pike's my favorite. And then I felt so guilty and I was like, no, 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 (laughs) I can't because Captain Picard, he's my captain. Like he's in my heart, everything. Um, But I'll tell you what, Pike is just one sliver below Picard. I think they both show and exemplify what it means to be a leader. I think uh, Pike is a little bit more friendly and warm, Mm -hmm. but that's sort of why I like Picard so much because that's what I feel a leader is. They need to sort of be separate and that's why I respect Picard so much. But I'll tell you, Pike is definitely right there. Now, is it Pike or is it Anson Mount? Uh Uh-huh. 
<laughs> yeah, I thought that might be it. Yeah. I just saw somebody talking about the the Pike Kirk comparison on online, and it was really interesting because spoilers for I think two episodes of Discovery ago when he sees his future mm-hmm. in, the, in the time crystal, and he decides to do it anyway. And they were like, "This puts him ahead of Kirk because Kirk always cheated his way around death." He's like the the Kobayashi Maru. I'm going to cheat and get around it. Pike sees that there is a no-win scenario in front of him, and he goes towards it anyway. He attacks the no-win scenario rather than try to cheat his way around it or not take the crystal or do something else. And I was like, that's a really interesting point. And also, it helps me make my point that uh, Pike isn't more interesting than Kirk. But of course, Picard is the best, just like you said, Amy. Yes, yes. This is, yes, this is why I love Doug. He's the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Pike took the Kobayashi Maru, basically, in, in that scene. And he passed he did. it. He, he, yeah, and, he did. Uh, and even Admiral Cornwell said he's the best that Star Trek has to offer. Or Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Starfleet <laughs> has to offer. And no wine. Yeah. No, yeah. So... I'm a huge Jason Isaacs fan as well. And I actually, I told Amy when he, when he was killed, I said, I don't think I could watch the next season. Cause I, I, uh, I like Gabriel Lorca. I thought he was, yes, he was obviously from everything different, but he was what everyone needed. Someone just, just to get the job done. And he was going to do it. Lorca so, was great. I loved Lorca he, too. Lorca was cool. I was really disappointed. I want to write him a letter. He was coming to Salt Lake Comic Con. I was going to go tell him that shame on him. Go back and get that captain seat back. One of the things I really liked about Lorca is they made him so not flowery or anything. So like instead of make it so or engage, he would just say go. And it's like that's awesome. That that yeah. defines who that character is. I really like that. Yeah, there's so, there, there's rumors out there that uh, the captain. Remember episode one, where the captain's waiting. The new captain for the Discovery is waiting back on Vulcan. That that's actually Prime Universe Lorca. So I don't, I don't know. We'll see about that. But that's not gonna matter anymore because if what happens in the next episode happens in the next episode, then they're not even going to be in the same time stream anymore. They're jumping way far ahead. That's my yeah. Discovery prediction. We're going to the future. Like I wanted it to go in the first place. And I'm very excited. Yeah. So we got Captain. Who's your favorite character? Deanna Troy. No. (laughs) I just love her. Uh, If you listen at all to my podcast, Earl Grey. Oh boy. When I first started podcasting, it was a lot. And I, uh, I don't even apologize for it because I absolutely love her character. She adds so much to the overall tone of the show. I think she's great. I think it's good that we finally address mental health and have, you know, a counselor on board. I just think she's great. I love her relationships with everyone. And I think Marina Sirtis is amazing. So it is Deanna Troy and I could talk all day about her. And I usually do sometimes. And I, I love that this whole thing has been going Paul, Amy, Paul, Amy, Paul, Amy. And then who's your favorite character? Deanna Troy. I will take this one. <laughs> I just watched the latest episode of the Orville too. And Marina is on that episode. 
Yes. And, and she uh, plays a teacher. Oh, great. Maybe she took some inspiration from me and well, my I think her character name was Amy. Okay. Well, and Jonathan Frakes directed it as yeah, well. Yes, yes, he did. Okay. And Tony Todd's in it too. Yes. It's, it's got a bunch of Star Trek people. I know. It. Seth MacFarlane's great. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Okay, Paul, who's your favorite character? Commander William Riker. Yeah? Yeah. Why? Why? Riker, because... The way he sits down? The way he sits down, he has, you know, he has <laughs> the rest of his leg. Uh, no, so he... Uh, I like his way because um, for... When it comes to, I guess, leadership tactics, he... He doesn't necessarily do uh, what's expected of him. Uh, like, for instance, when he took control of the Enterprise the Best of Both Worlds, uh, I think he took guidance counsel to heart where you have to throw the book out and you have to come up with your own ways. And I kind of really appreciated that. And, you know, he does things not necessarily, he wasn't always right, but that's the human in us. So, uh also, it's just my son, uh, my <laughs> my son's name, we named him, uh, Brianna gave me permission to name him uh, uh, after either either Miles or Brian or Riker. And so it took Riker. So my third son is uh, named Riker. Riker really? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's so cool. But there was one caveat that it's spelled with a Y and not an I. So it's R-Y-K-E-R. But we, Paul and I, in our heads, it's it's William T. Wright. That's your head canon, yeah. right? Okay. Yep. Yes, it's it's truth. We, uh, but uh, Brianna gave me permission to uh, to name him. So it was either Miles Bryan or, uh, or Riker. That's so. Well, and when the first two kids came and were like, how is there not a Star Trek name? And so the third one, I think it was sort of the combined pressure of the family. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Paul needs a Star Trek named kid. <laughs> so are you, are you teaching him to walk sideways and lead with his eyebrow? <laughs> <laughs> so he, uh, he is, uh, he is the, uh, the one that's always right in our family. Uh, <laughs> We'll have him grow out his beer when he's old enough. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So does that make Miles your second favorite then? So I guess so. Uh, well, it wasn't because, well, when Brian and I first had this conversation uh, about a Star Trek name, uh, those are the only names that she would allow. Were, uh, you <laughs> no know, Jean-Luc. Like, you know, no Worf, no Dana. No you know, <laughs> you know, no uh no other uh no other names but she liked she liked miles okay. and she liked Riker. so those uh those made the the, the list it's made the cut and you won out yeah yeah we won i like it and uh so Riker, we call him Rike sometimes ryk uh uh Riker, just with Rike, and he's our third child now i think i know the answer to this one uh your favorite series paul voyager oh Okay. Yeah. We were both wrong. <laughs> yeah. Why why Voyager? You mentioned you like Janeway, but what is yeah. it about the entire series? Because with uh I compare I guess 
my my life in uh in the navy like gorger we got cast way out there and we have each other to survive and everything we want to do to continue to better ourselves so uh i like voyager because that's what uh we, we just got cast way out here in japan uh either in california or washington or where we're going next and uh, we have each other we build from each other's uh, unity and diversity within my own family and other friends that we have around us and we continue to press forward and that's one thing i like about voyager what they did when our way out in the uh, delta quadrant oh very so. cool amy yeah next gen yeah well there you go what can that's I do? right it's the best one it's the most hopeful it's the ship is the best it's so it's, it's the hilton in space it's ideal <laughs> it's the idealistic that's what we want to see that's where i can escape to and that's where i can hope for but if it was that perfect why do they need a counselor on board because you're exploring your emotions and you're exploring yourself and who better to guide you. Kirk didn't need one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Kirk probably could have used one. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, had, he, had, he, he had bones. Yeah, exactly. He had bones. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so um, the next question is favorite ship, but, but that's been answered. Um, but you said that a, um, is that, because of the design of the ship or is it because it's kind of hard to separate that ship from Kirk? Yeah. So a was, was Kirk and it ended with Kirk, uh, with, uh, the refit as we know, it was Pike. Well, not just the refit, but just the one seven zero one. It was, uh, it was Pike. And then it went to, uh, boy, actually it was was Robert April and then Pike. Yes, Robert April, then Pike, and then it went to uh, Kirk, and then after Kirk, it went to uh, on Star Trek The Motion Picture, I forget his name, uh, Seventh Heaven guy. He took command for a little bit, mm-hmm. and then it went to, then went back to Admiral Kirk. Oh, then it went to Spock, excuse me, mm-hmm. and then it went to Admiral Kirk, and then, uh, and that was it. So Enterprise A was strictly Kirk's and, and died with Kirk. Well, it didn't die with him, but it got decommissioned. Right, right. So, but so, so is that why it's your favorite ship, though? Because it was his and only his. Yes, it's not like an aesthetic thing. Yeah, no, and uh, it just uh, is more. Is the new? It was a new ship off the uh, off the block. Uh, it was the most technological advanced at that time, so I liked it. So, was it the look of the ship as well? No, the look. Obviously, they look practically identical, really, from mm-hmm. the naked eye. Uh, it's only a little minor uh technological uh, advancements but uh, other than that uh it was mostly because it was just strictly kirk's now how do you like the voyager voyager um so obviously voyager was awesome uh it's just i've if the reason why i guess i chose kirk's ship uh enterprise a is just because of time i've had a heart more with that one than i did with uh voyager okay. I can't believe how pretty the Enterprise on Discovery is. They did such a good job in that redesign and the bridge. It's just the most gorgeous ship. It's so pretty. I cried when they showed the bridge. I cried. I physically cried. I was just like, oh my God, look at this. It was good. Yeah. And then Amy, the prettiest ship is, of course, 
The D. No bloody A, no bloody B, no bloody C. <laughs> yep, only the D. There you no, go. What, what is it about the What D? about the E? The E. Um, it's good, but I've had more time with the D. I think that's, you know, and I love the functionality of it and all, you know, the 10 forward and everything about it is just so functional. I love the bridge and the wonderful horseshoe. It's perfect. Okay. All right. How about uh, favorite episode or movie, Amy? Oh. And don't say the N-word for the movie. Okay. <laughs> so when I was thinking about this question, I can – the episodes, it doesn't matter. Anything TNG, I'll, I'll watch it. it does, I can't Rosa? even say a favorite. But for movies – I have two go-tos now. Then I have to break it down. So it's a little complicated. But if I'm feeling next-gen, then it's either First Contact or Nemesis. I, it, those two, they're head-to-head. I can't say. It just depends on what mood I'm feeling. Really, most of the time, Nemesis wins out because I just love that movie. Now, if I want to watch The Kelvin because I love them, it's between Beyond and 09. Mm. And that's the only two movies there were, right? Well, no, Into Darkness is just fine. (laughs) There's something about Beyond and 09. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, I went specifically to London just to see those movies at the Royal Albert Hall and listen to, it was live orchestra. And that was last summer. That's how much I loved it. I just went there to see that. And we were in San Diego Comic-Con for Beyond. Yeah. With a live orchestra. Yes. So uh, those are my favorite movies, episodes, just anything, anything TNG. And I'll say, yes, it's my favorite because they're just all that good. Does Troy have a bigger role in Nemesis than I remember? <laughs> Well, she has some deleted scenes <laughs> um, that sort of amplify that end result where she says, remember me. Uh, so, I mean, although it's not the best writing for her, which the movies don't do, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, she's a nemesis. <laughs> How about you, Paul? How about you? All right. So my favorite movie is uh, Next Generation. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, the Undiscovered Country. Really? Yeah. So it's my favorite movie. Uh, and my favorite episode is uh, In the Pale Moonlight of DS9. Huh. That's a fan favorite right there. Yeah. It's so next uh, for I keep saying next generation. Excuse me, just uh, for the undiscovered country. I like it because it ties in uh, the original and mm-hmm. kind of paves the way for next generation. Okay. Uh, uh, Swarp's grandfather's in it, and also they get into a terrible pickle that because they work together, they get out of it. Another reason why I like Kirk. I mean, Kirk. Yeah, Kirk's my favorite captain but he's nothing without his team mm-hmm. as it is anywhere else in, in life. Uh, it's, you know, bones, 
Bones got dragged with them mm-hmm. because Bones just knew that that was the best thing to do. And uh, their friend Spock and the rest of the crew, you know, Uhura and all of them, Chuck up even Sulu and uh, Scotty do what they can to get them back and they're successful. So with in the pale moonlight, that episode is so awesome because I'm not saying I've done anything like that, mm-hmm. but uh, it's just, it, it shows that in order to have something good where, you know, will help out in the end, you sometimes have to take those type of actions to make it happen. And in the pale moonlight just explains everything everything uh of what i just explained that 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 episode does it all all right there so if you're listening to this i recommend you to to watch that episode and it turned out better for the war against the dominion because they really needed the romulans help but there's no righteous way to do it except for the way that happened in ds9 and i thought it was awesome now would that be an episode you would show someone that has never seen star trek boy um yeah i would uh because it it uh it brings out from a star trek's point from a fan's point of view it brings out a characteristic that's not with the uh, character because cisco would never really ever really ever do i mean he did it but he Mm -hmm. would never ever do it he did it for the higher good and uh but to show an outside fan yeah, because it would show. I would bring into. I would bring a lesson into it. Is what right. I would do. <laughs> so, right. uh, why they would have to do it? All right, Amy. What what episode would you show someone that has never seen Star Trek? You had to I, pick one. You, I can't. I don't. People ask this all the time. Um, think about it. Uh, I try, and there's too <laughs> many good ones. Um. I I don't know. Okay. All right. Watch uh, them all. Watch them all. I've shown kids. Uh, I showed a class once. Uh, the name just escaped me. Shaka when the walls fell. Um, oh yeah, Darmok. Darmok. I've shown a class Darmok, and that that's a really fun conversation. You need very little background to understand that. You just got to tell the kids, like, one of the guys is going to be gold. One of the guys is going to have a weird forehead. Don't worry about any of that. They're going to do techno babble. Don't worry about any of that. Just watch the episode. It's really good. Yeah. I've used uh, oh, the great Troy episode. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, the deaf <laughs> where, oh, my gosh. The deaf uh, mediator comes on board at season two. Mm-hmm. God, if we only had somebody on here that did a TNG podcast. I know, my gosh. And I have it in my notes. I do apologize. Anyways, I have shown that because I think it's interesting uh, how the uh, mediator uses his chorus and a a specific person speaks when they have this certain intention and purpose. And so I I did a communications, a personal communications elective class a long Mm -hmm. time ago and and I built that into my curriculum. Hmm. Loud as a whisper. Loud as a whisper. Yes, Just thank to you. stop the internet from reaching out and telling us how bad fans we are. Yes. Yeah, they, they were yelling at you for a second there, Amy. <laughs> I know. I've done a whole episode on Earl Grey about it. So. <laughs> so 
Do you guys have a real Star Trek disagreement? Something that you two would not like go head to head about, but argue about? Huh. Um, Nothing philosophy wise. Boy, what do we disagree with? Nemesis? Maybe. I mean, because Paul likes next gen. So when I say it's better, he, you know, he can see where I'm coming from. Right. And I, I respect him as my brother. So I can, I don't, I don't know why he likes TOS. You can't even (laughs) get it out. You can't even say it. Yeah. So I don't know. I can't really think of anything. We've always been pretty much side to eye in a lot of things when it comes to Star Trek. Uh, I mean, obviously we'll talk about the episodes, why they do this and why they do that. Um, yeah, I don't think that we have had a disagreement. Have you ever been... interpreted an episode differently? Have you ever even talked about an episode like that? Hmm. I'm sure we have, but I can't remember. Yeah. I feel like we've gotten into like a heated discussion, but I think it was just because our passions, we were just so passionate about what Star Trek was saying. There was definitely some conversations, you know, with Natasha I remember it was, it was with Natasha. She uh, yeah. she caused uh, a heated argument, but it was nothing for what you and I caused. Yeah, no. Hmm. Not we- Yar. We're going back to Admiral Nechev, right? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. So no. Yeah. No. We we uh, no. We don't really disagree. I mean, yeah. Besides him liking Kirk and TOS, but that's yeah. just me. That's amazing. That's, that's good. Uh, nice to know you guys get along with Star Trek. Yeah. yeah. Now, Paul, you, you, Amy mentioned that you, you took off on an airplane to go see a convention when you were 10 or 11 years old. Yeah. How, how has your fandom changed through the years? So, I was... I was really big with it, uh, like I said, my teenage years. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I, I probably just because I stopped going to the fan club doesn't mean I stopped becoming a fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still watched all. Well, for crying out loud, uh, 2003, uh, I got back from uh, I got back from deployment and my first deployment, and uh, Nem- Nemesis came out. And I'm sorry, Amy. Yeah. And Amy would not allow me to go see it until I came home on leave. Oh, what a good sister. Yeah. (laughs) So I remember I I were at the theater and then they all said, Hey, Nelson, the uh, Star Trek song, do you want to go see it? And it was such a huge temptation to say, yes, I'm going to go see it. And I called Amy up. And she said, you better not, <laughs> you know? And so I, I held true, you know, I told my friends to go ahead and they said, Oh, you, you call yourself a fan. You know, all this stuff went out, you know, everything. And, uh, and Amy and I, we went to go see it together when, uh, when I came back and, but, uh, 
Yeah. See, now you know why Nemesis is dear to my heart. Yeah. Is that the reason? <laughs> How about you, Amy? How's your fandom changed over the years? So doing podcasts definitely has made me reflect on this. So I started watching when I was in high school. So I had to have been, you know, 17. So that would have been around season four, something like that when TNG was on air live, I guess you would say. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I never, you know, it was just a show. It, you know, and I was a, you know, self-involved teenager as everyone is at that time. And, you know, I was going to university and again, it wasn't until 2000, 2001, when those DVDs came out of Next Gen that I absolutely consumed as much Next Gen that I can, that I could at the time. I was going to the library. I was reading books after books. I must have read at least 50 books. I mean, I was in the library. They had an entire section of Star Trek books. I was starting to know which authors I liked and the stories. And I ventured every once in a while to read a Deep Space Nine or Voyager, but I... I read so much and I was watching the DVDs. And so 2000 is really when my fandom really was my own. And ever since then, I have just been a fan. And then since all of a sudden, I got an Apple iPhone and there was this little button called podcasts. I was like, huh, what's that? And then I was like, oh, there's people talking well, what do I like? And Star Trek came to mind and I searched and that's where I found Trek FM and all the amazing shows. And that has literally changed my life forever. I mean, the friendships that I've developed because of podcasting is absolutely amazing. And I'm, I'm honored and just so blessed to be a part of it because I really feel like my Trek family is a family. Mm-hmm. You said that um, you started really getting into that like your first year of teaching. Do you think that had something? Because that's like the most stressful time that first year. So being able to have Star Trek to go home to, did, did that help, do you think, get you through that first year? Oh, yeah. Because I was bringing so much work home. I mean, you just, you feel like you have to. And you know, to get at least one hour, you know, one episode just to myself and to not think about school and the kids and how I'm going to do this and lesson plans and the 20 gazillion things. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it's all wrapped up so tightly and mixed together with all those feelings and emotions. Yeah. So we've talked about the Star Trek philosophy, but we haven't talked really about what it has taught you specifically. Like what have you learned? from Star Trek? Have you learned anything? Paul? What have I learned? Um, so I like how, I guess from my point of, point of view is uh, diversity, uh, how you bring from all walks of life to one and have one thing in common. Uh, I see that uh, happen in Star Trek and I think it's absolutely possible to do it here and in, in our century and today. It's just that you have to swallow some pride. Uh, some some pride needs to be swallowed, obviously. And I, uh, that's the way I look at it. Is uh, I'm a, I like how it uh, how 
how it reflects that. So it's something that it could be, but it, it doesn't have to, we don't have to wait till the 23rd, 22nd century to do it. We could do it right now. Um, so, so I try to do what I can. <laughs> do you think that you were learning that uh, like explicitly when you were watching Star Trek or is it like it was just getting into you as you were watching it? You didn't really notice until you reflected on it. Does that make sense what I'm asking? Yeah, it's like uh, I didn't really uh, take it into effect until I until I was well in the Navy. Uh, uh, well, actually, I take that back. It was when I was on my mission. I see I uh, I lived in Missouri for a couple of years. And I saw uh, a lot of people had different views and everything, and uh, and obviously we have, we all had different views. It's just uh, the thing I liked about is is that uh, there's some things that you you know either someone holds a lot of a grudge against you or you hold a grudge against someone else. Uh, we all know that the better way is to uh, uh, forgive and forget and uh, and move on. Uh, but some people like an analogy I use is always an anchor. Uh, if your ship's going at full speed ahead uh, and the weapons have just drops the anchor, are you going to stop the ship and pull up, uh, bring up the anchor? Or are you just going to let the anchor go? Uh, the best thing to do if, if the ship still needs to go, you're going to let go of the anchor and because uh, it's just going to damage the ship. And so you let go of the anchor and the ship is going to do just, do just fine. Uh, but some people will continue to, hold on to that anchor and they don't realize how good of a destruction force is doing. And Star Trek's kind of taught me that, uh, you know, forget, forget and uh, move on. And, uh, and I didn't really start taking that to effect until later in my life. Hmm. Amy, what about you? I love how Paul uses metaphors to talk. It, it doesn't <laughs> it just make it so relatable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I'm sorry. What I was so enthralled with his answer what was the question what has it taught you what did you learn from star trek or what oh have yeah you learned? so i am with paul on that and definitely the diversity and i think a large part of that goes to the fact that we in we were raised in salt lake city utah very homogeneous population uh very our entire family believed the same things, thought the same things. Uh, and so for Paul to go out in the Navy and I left the state to go teach in Houston, Texas, that is like the melting pot. I mean, that was a huge eye opener for me of all the many different types of children that could come into my classroom. You know, I just wasn't used to it and to accept that diversity and to not be afraid and to want to be a better person because you're learning from these other people and, and their experiences. And I don't have to go through it, but I can empathize with you. And, and I, I think that really comes through in, in Star Trek and, and how Star Trek teaches you, you know, sort of the in, is a social commentary about what's going on in the world. And if you can see that, oh, within these alien races, oh, that's going to apply to me in this life situation. And so I think it, subliminally, 
Because I don't really think I've really looked at the episodes until now that I podcast about them to see those those messages and what is it trying to say or what can I take from it? It doesn't even matter what it's trying to say. It's what do I choose to take from the episode? And and that's what I love. And that's what I feel that Star Trek has taught me. Now, being a podcaster, your job is to break down the episodes and analyze them. Do you miss the good old days of just putting the episode on and watching it and not thinking about the, meanings, morals, messages, and things like that that go on within the, within the episode? To borrow a phrase from another podcast, <laughs> um, there have been definite times with discovery where it's just, man, can I just enjoy the episode, please? Can I just, and then I have to, you know, because I do postcards and listen to everyone's response and analyze it and their predictions. And a lot has changed because of the technology that we have and social media and what's out there. I don't know if it's because I podcast specifically or if it's just the fact that we have social media that's live where we didn't have with previous Star Trek. And this is one of the places that he and I disagree because I don't think those are good old days. I think that we should always be actively consuming when we consume something, no matter what it seems like it is. It's important to think about what is this teaching me? What is this saying with what it says, who's cast in it, who's not cast in it, who's represented it. All of these things have always been important in media and it's, it's, only certain people who have never had to think of it. So I think it's important. I think it, and it enriches the, the media that we consume that you think about it. That's my, my take on that. I don't think it's the good old days, but you know, his old days are a lot older than my old days. Well, I, I think of it, you know, I watched the original series when it first came out, I was nine years old in 1966. So I was not breaking down the meeting of the episodes back then I was seeing the really cool uniforms and the phasers going pew pew. So I do miss the, the simplistic days of that type of watching, but yeah, getting, you know, having to think about the episodes and what they mean is something definitely that's come along later in my life. Mm-hmm. Now you both mentioned conventions that you've been to and Paul, you said you cosplayed in your, in your first convention, you cosplayed. Uh, cosplay no i uh i didn't uh well, i just wore a uniform that was it that's cos- that that's cosplay oh, that's cosplay please forgive me yes <laughs> yes and, and and thank you for calling it a uniform and not a costume <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's why i did yeah i wore the uniform uh to, to uh to to the episode uh to the episodes to the conventions uh and even in uh i went to denver denver colorado when i flew out uh with the Star Trek group and uh, yeah. So cosplay, that's what I did. What do you like about going to the conventions? So I really liked just meeting the actors and I hate saying back then, but I'll say it again. So back then they had no cages. You were allowed to go up and meet them. Mm -hmm. Obviously on the stage, they were, you know, protected, not just suddenly caged in, but they were protected. And then, then they just had a desk and, uh, a row and then everyone just lined up to go meet them and it was awesome and you could get like 30 seconds with them whatever you know a quick picture and it was it was awesome to, 
didn't cost anything mm-hmm. and nothing. It was free, in, at least in Salt Lake. And I loved it. And then uh, that's where I got to meet all of them. And all my autographs I got were free and, and I loved it. And uh, nowadays, you know, it's, it's different and uh, movies and Hollywood has kind of evolved more and it's, uh, it's, it's more of a money kind of thing. And I, I understand that. I mean, I, I agree. I mean, not, excuse me. I don't, necessarily agree or disagree just that i understand that you know people need to make a living i just liked it back then that it was it was free and you appreciate their hard work and you and you uh moved on it was awesome yeah now amy we've been to conventions together and things like that what what, what is it about the convention that you really enjoy the most well now that i've been oh my gosh it's been five six years i go to meet my star trek family that's why i'm there it's you know i love seeing the actors and i still fan girl out about them but uh it's it's getting to meet people that i've listened to on podcasts and to meet people that i interact with because of the podcasts it's all a star trek family now yeah and you have you have cosplayed i have deanna troy of course Okay. All right. Um, all right. So, uh, Paul, when you think about how Amy feels about Star Trek, how do you, what do you think about that? Does it make you think or feel anything? Well, she has certainly taken it a lot further than I ever have. Uh, but I, uh, I do find jealousy uh, more on my part than, anything uh granted she isn't vegas and she's meet a lot of uh a lot more of the uh characters and the people that help it uh become star trek and and that's one thing i do like following her through this journey because i feel like i'm still connected uh mm-hmm. with her when she goes through these experiences i feel like i get to go through them as well uh but yeah there's a sense of jealousy on, on my part that i uh i wish i could have been but uh I'm very grateful for the opportunities that she gets to do. And, uh, and we do uh, share them with each other. So uh, uh, of, of course you've had a, been on a podcast with her before, right? I haven't. You I mean haven't. the first time you're podcasting with the queen of Star Trek podcasting is on generations, an independent Star Trek podcast. <laughs> it's a true story. True My story. Amy, I think, I think we have a candidate here for your postcards. <laughs> well, I would ask him, but he doesn't even listen to him. Next question. <laughs> so, so it is. Amy, how does how does it make you feel that you make your brother jealous? Um, I'm not gonna lie; it feels a little good. <laughs> <laughs> no, let me give you the backstory because. For years, like, yeah, so I started watching Next Gen in 2000, right, as I've mentioned, but Paul has always been the authority in the family of Star Trek, and if there's any Star Trek, it's Paul. He knows it all. He knows everything, and so here I am just, oh, Next Gen, 
And now the roles have flipped and I'm sort of enjoying it. So when I first started podcasting and especially with Discovery and I started doing The Edge, uh, which is about Star Trek Discovery, Paul was so cute and I just had to chuckle to myself. I don't know if he knows this, but he would, you know, send me a message or a text or did you see this news? Da, da, da. And it was like two months had passed. I'm like, um, yeah, I've seen it. I've podcast about it. That's old news. Let's get up to date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so it was just so cute that he was so excited to tell me the news. And it's like, oh, I've heard it. But uh, no, I, <laughs> I, am, I love that we get to talk Star Trek and that he's current with it and that he's watching Discovery. We get to still have these relevant discussions. And, you know, it's even though with him being in Japan and on deployment, like I'll get a little message. Oh, my gosh, we have to talk about this episode. And, and so it's, it's been just sort of this tie, a bind between us that has been so, so good. Good. Now, we've already mentioned Star Trek Discovery. You both watch it. Obviously, Amy, you watch it. And, and Paul, it's re- it's something you mention on every Friday night that your family gets together and watches it, correct? Yes, yes. What do you think of it? I'm a huge fan. Like I said, Solorka, mm-hmm. Jason Isaacs. <laughs> I, but I, when he died, I uh, that's one thing I blew up on Amy. I said, I don't... I don't like the series. They killed them. I'm leaving. <laughs> they could take season two, you know? And, uh, but, uh, I obviously, cause I'm like I said, I'm loyal. So I, I, I I'm a huge, huge, I love Captain Pike. Love mm-hmm. him. Uh, so, but with discovery, I like how, uh, Oh, well, so Amy, so she asked, so how do you know about all this? And I, because a lot of it, discovery, in my opinion, obviously uh they take a lot from ds9 you have to watch a lot of ds9 to understand the mirror mirror universe mm-hmm. and like when they're mentioning all these things about the defiant i went oh i know where it's at you know because they explain that all in ds9 and uh and also in in uh on enterprise and you have to have a whole collection of all these series to make uh discovery go and that's what i like about discovery is that it's it is creating a whole new path, but it's still using original uh, canon from the original series, and uh, and I the the crew is fantastic. My my daughter loves uh, Michael Burnham, mm-hmm. and uh, my kids like uh, well they like Lorca until he died because I forced them to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but. Uh, Overall, I love Discovery. Uh, we bought the uh, a Christmas ornament <laughs> of the Discovery from Hallmark, and it's on our tree when Christmas comes up. And so, big fan. Now, what do you think of the storyline this season? Oh, this season has just been fantastic. I really hope they go to a future that, if they do go into the future, because it seems like they're they're really trying to. So I really hope they go to a future uh, that. Uh, might involve some of the original, uh, some of the series that's already been created. That's my hope, but we'll see. Uh, the storyline so far, I I like how they brought in Pike. When the Pike first came in, I was like, huh, Captain Pike," mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? because there's there's very very little 
talked about him, you know, other than from the J.J. Uh, Abrams universe and also just from the original series, it, he just wasn't there. He just right. wasn't there. And I like how this series has uh, really defined that, hey, Captain Pike was awesome. Yeah. Amy. So, Paul, oh, I'm going to Go interject. Ahead. Paul, so I know that you, yes, enjoy TOS. So I want to ask your opinion. How do you think Ethan Peck is portraying Spock? Do you like it? And as a follow-up, who is a better Spock, Ethan Peck or Zachary Quinto? Wow. Uh, so Ethan Peck, we love Spock. They found he is absolutely fantastic. I love him. Uh, obviously, when they say, you know, it's hard to, hard to uh, uh, dub Leonard Nimoy's character, you know, but Ethan Peck's got my ticket. Between Zachary, uh, Zachary and uh, Ethan, it'll be Ethan in my opinion. But the overall best uh, Vulcan is uh, Tim Russ Tuvok by far. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. In my opinion, he beats, in my opinion, he beats uh, uh, Leonard Nimoy. Interesting. As a Vulcan. As a Vulcan, of course, yes. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. And it's fighting words. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I like Ethan Peck. I think he's doing a fabulous job. And for me, the, the uh, Zachary was, was, this would be strange to say, but I think it was too emotional. Yeah. Hmm. As, a, as a Vulcan. Even though we've seen a lot of emotion from Spock this season. But, yeah. Interesting. Amy, Star yes. Trek Discovery. Yes. Well, I'm wearing think? my Star Trek Discovery t-shirt I, just I for that. this podcast. I see that. It's a um, real podcast. Uh, what, what do you really, really honestly think of the show as a whole? I am glad that there is new Star Trek to talk about. I really, really am. I'm excited that Every season has been pretty different. Uh, season one with the mirror universe and Lorca and, you know, great characters that we get to know and then bring in Pike and Spock and still on this different journey. I really do like Discovery. I haven't had the time to see if it has the rewatchability like my beloved TNG so that still remains to be seen, but, you know, I watch it and I enjoy many, many aspects about it. Uh, it's good. Well, TNG was episodic. Yes. that type of TV. I miss it. Yeah. Discovery. Yeah. There have been times, especially this season, and I've shared them with you. I'm just like, this is too much of a soap opera. I just give me an episode and, and let me have a f beginning, middle and end. Can I please just, yeah. So, but then I go and then I look at this overall arc and of the red signals or the mirror universe. And I'm like, gosh, that was a pretty darn good story, you know? So. I agree. I wish they were doing like 22 episode seasons <laughs> and we would get a few more standalones. Mm-hmm. Like flesh everything out a little bit. Take your time. Take a breath. I, I like that they're tying in all the short treks now. Yeah. Every single one has now had a tie-in. 
which is well, pretty, pretty except cool. for Calypso. Well, no, Calypso is now in there. It's the Harry Mud one, the escape artist that hasn't really had a tie-in. Oh, that's true. Yeah, maybe Harry Mud's going to show up in the last episode. I know the. There was a fan response on that that I read on postcards. <laughs> so what are you looking forward to with future Star Trek? The Paul. Picard series. Nah. Me too. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. What do you think that's going to be? When? No, what, what do you think? What do you think the premise of the Picard series is going to be, in your opinion? It's going to be about Picard, where he's different. It's not going to be in Starfleet, and that's all I know. What do you want it to be? I don't speculate. No? No. Okay. How about the animated It's going to be good, and it's going to be Star Trek, because guess who's making it? The owners. (laughs) I like that. How about the animated series? Are you interested in that at all? Sure. Yeah. I am. I'm cautious just as I was cautious about Quentin Tarantino. Paul and I discussed that if he was going to create a movie number four, but that won't happen. It looks like so. Yeah. Um, cautious, but I'll watch it. No doubt. Okay. You want to podcast it? <laughs> Next. <laughs> Paul, what do you uh, think about the future Star Trek's coming up? Yeah. Uh, so I'm since I have kids and everything, I think the anime series. I'm looking forward to that. I'll probably watch that with the kids and see uh, if they might take it. Uh, for the new Picard series, I have no idea. I, I yes, I'm looking forward to it, but I have no idea what they're going to talk about. Um, I have no idea. That's why I'm excited for it because we'll see what happens yeah yeah i I figured patrick stewart wouldn't tie himself to it if it wasn't if it wasn't really believing in the project so yeah yeah well is there any additional information you'd like to share with us on our listeners before we send you on our way on your way (laughs) boy where can we find you on the interwebs do you exist on the interwebs no, you can find me at navy.mil. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, yeah, you're I, not really out there, are you? I'm not. We, uh, that's fine. Okay. Whenever yet, yeah, whenever you, uh, hear of our strike group, Biosis Run Reagan, that's me. All right. Sounds good. And Amy, where can people find you? Well, you can find me. <laughs> oh, I should have this, this memorized by now. <laughs> well, you can find me on the Trek.fm network. And I do a couple shows there. I've mentioned Earl Grey, which is about Star Trek The Next Generation. I am on The Edge, which is about Star Trek Discovery, and I also do Postcards from The Edge, which is the fan response to Star Trek Discovery. You can find me on the Fandom Podcast Network, where I do Discoville, which is a combination where we talk about the Orville and Discovery, and we alternate going back and forth uh, week after week. 
And quick question, Doug, Tim, Paul, are you watching the Orville? It's it's on. Not. It's on. But I have a thing about Seth MacFarlane. Mm-hmm. Don't think it's funny. I don't. I don't watch it. I uh, I mean, everyone's mentioned that I should watch it, and I've seen one episode. And uh, oh, you can't judge really it off continued. one episode. No, the I first know. season they lost me after three. So I know you were telling me how good it was. So this Tim, season, you did try. I yeah. I, I did, and I record it every week. And if I lose interest it, after a few minutes, it's gone. Yeah, I'll find something else to do. All right, it's it's on in the background. So, anyways, I am enjoying the Orville, and I think it's fun. It, of course, because it has a lot of connections to next gen. So that's sure. why I like it. Um, I am on Twitter, so you can find me there at Miss Amy Nelson. So that's where you can reach me. And there's also a Facebook group you are involved with. Yeah, I am on your Facebook group, Generations. Oh, no, another Facebook group. Well, I'm in a lot. Oh, I I'm on the Discoville. I'm in the Babel conference. Oh, wait, and how do you spell Babel? B a b e l. Just search for it, and it will come right up. There you go. All right. Well, we want to. We both want to thank you for coming on the podcast today and sharing your Star Trek story with us. And thank awesome. you for your service, Paul. Hey, thank you, Doug, Tim. Appreciate it. Thank you, Amy, for setting this up. I, I right. enjoyed it. Great. Live long and prosper. Hi. Uh, what'd you think about that podcast? Wow, that was really a lot of fun. Uh, I, I I've known Amy for a few years, but I got insights to her, and her brother's awesome. Yeah, he's really funny. It was and it was so interesting to hear him compare Trek to to the Navy and and, and how it feels very real because there's so much media that involves the the armed forces. So the, the Star Trek he feels like is really connected to it. I thought it was cool. And they both use it in their professions as well, which is absolutely, which is a great message to send to people you work with and teach. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, Doug, what's going on in your life right now in my life? Um, geez. Uh, my kids are about to take the big test at the end. So I'm absolutely not stressed at all at school. So I'm still <laughs> teaching every day. Um, and then you can find me on the Twitters. I'm at the weird teacher. Uh, you can read my blog at he's the weird teacher dot blogspot dot com, and you can buy all of my books on Amazon dot com. The books are he's the weird teacher, um, a classroom of one, the teaching text. You're welcome, and the novel The Unforgiving Road. So you can find all those on Amazon. Very what good. about you? Uh, you can find me on the internet. I'm on. Uh, but you can also, I also have a podcast. It's called the Observer's Notebook Podcast. It's the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. That's an astronomy group that I've been a member of for many, many years. And uh, it's a real cool podcast. We have about 70 episodes online right now. I've been doing it for about two years. And we talk to uh, various sections of the ALPO if you're interested in uh, uh, lunar and planetary observing, or if you have an astronomer in your life or you know an astronomer and you want to turn them onto a podcast, I'd really appreciate it. Just search for The Observer's Notebook. I love you, buddy. Love you, too. Bye. Bye. Music for the podcast supplied by Sarah Windish. You can find us all over the internet 
Our email is generationstrek at gmail.com. We're on Instagram at generationstrek, on Twitter at generationstrek, and on Facebook at generationstrek. One word. Star Trek's themes of hope, diversity, peace, and unity are messages that we all should cherish and pass on to our friends and family. This podcast is a vehicle to show just how fans of the franchise share their Star Trek memories and passion with those they love. Thank you for listening to Generations, an independent Star Trek podcast. <laughs>